they were so um, engaged and I just, I was so proud of them. Here's this prop that she built and she could point to and go, that's mine, I did that, that's amazing. This is a story about theater. This is a story about community-connected theater. This is a story about Young Company, an old idea reimagined 30 years later, for now. In part one of our conversation, you heard students from Gananoque Secondary School talk about all the work, all the learning, that goes into, went into, the production of Miss Electricity. In part two, we talked to the artists from Thousand Islands Playhouse and the teacher, Robin Abelson, from Gananoque Secondary School, who fulfilled the meta-production role of Young Company. Above all else, the vision, the hope too, for this iteration of Young Company was to bring young people to the theatre who never imagined finding a place there, who never imagined themselves on the stage and so could never imagine a place in theatre that included them. How do we find ourselves when we can't imagine it? How do we see ourselves in the future with only incomplete awareness of what is possible? Young Company is a project, a collaboration between the Upper Canada District School Board and Thousand Islands Playhouse that seeks to help children see all the ways that they can be involved in theatre as a way for them to imagine all the ways they can be in the world. In the real world, there are dozens of disciplines that serve every project, but we often only see the face of these projects, missing the multitudes that made the stage for those that represent the project. In this episode of the Real World Learning Podcast, we meet the artists who help students in Young Company see themselves anew. My name is Robin Abelson. I'm the drama and music teacher at Gananoque Secondary School. So Robin, your class, uh, I take it, and tell me if I'm wrong, has been up to something a little different this semester. And I'm wondering if you could just give us a sense of, you know, what is this thing called Young Company that you've been involved in? Sure. Uh, so yes, my AEA 3040 course has become the Young Company for the Thousand Islands Playhouse. So the course is in cooperation with the Playhouse where the students first started by taking workshops in different areas of theater production. So not focusing so much on the acting side, which is often what we think of when we think of theater, but looking at carpentry, props, painting, wardrobe, all the stuff that goes into making a production. So they did workshops in all of those different fields. And then the big goal, which is going on right now, is that they put together a production. So Miss Electricity, is a production that they're doing now for different elementary schools. And they have had a piece in all of it. So there was a carpentry group, a prop group, costumes, and they have done all of that to put the show on, along with the acting. <laughs> so for folks who don't see behind the scenes, maybe give us a sense of basically what are the departments or the production groups and... Well, we say for every one actor on stage, there's about 10 people behind stage for them that support them in building the set or making their costumes or figuring out the sound for it, uh, the lighting for it. So that's where they work in all those fields. And they're things we as audience members go and see and we maybe appreciate, but we really don't take in the full amount of 
effort and time and thought that goes into it. So it's neat that the kids kind of get to peek at that. So again, the different departments were carpentry, painting, costume wardrobe, props, uh, and then lighting and sound. So give us an overview of what of each department is what I'm asking. So like for carpentry, what What is carpentry in theater? Uh, So carpentry in theater is building the set. So again, Miss Electricity, they had to build two basic separate things that look like houses. So uh, uh, bedrooms for the two kids. So something that has a second level uh, and with railings and all the safety and then windows because there's uh, a part where they talk through cans like we used to do and like, yeah, I know, old school, which is great. Um, And so all of those details, that's what carpentry does and the flats and the flooring. And then it goes to paint, where painting, they paint all of those things to fit what the artistic design and look should be. Uh, And then props, they build all of the little, anything that you carry on, that's, that's them, plus, kind of dressing the scene. So, you know, there's a classroom scene. Okay, well, we need posters for on the wall. We need a chalkboard. Uh, It's a geography class. So we need the different crests for the different provinces. All of those little details kind of go into props. For costume wardrobe, again, it's looking at the different characters and who they are and if there's a transformation, what they go through and looking at that and figuring out for the playhouse, they're they're lucky that they have a huge wardrobe area. So can they pull things or do we have to make things? Uh, and so all of that goes into wardrobe. And the kids did a workshop for lighting and sound. Uh, lighting, it's learning how to set the lights so that you know we need a we need a spotlight here or we need a moment over here. Uh, and then controlling the board. And it's fun to watch Isabella's doing the lighting and it's it's like playing an instrument in and of itself because there are all these buttons and controls uh, and she has to be precise with them as well. And then same with sound. There are different sound cues that go, like school bell going off, that's a sound cue. Uh, and again, it has to be very precise and there's many buttons. <laughs> Uh, okay, my name is Adair Reedish. I'm the technical director um, for the Miss Electricity project. I was the um, uh, lighting designer and sound designer, I guess you could call me. I think um, the, the way for students to um, really start to understand lighting is is to just go and see lighting and see the effect that lighting has on a scene. Um, you know, seeing the show under work lights is totally different experience than seeing it under stage lighting when it sort of comes alive. When we were imagining this project, I guess, into life, one of the things I think that I was really excited about was the idea that you'd have all of these students understanding what actually goes into a production and 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 all of them have talked about that that Mm -hmm. that there's all of these pieces and without those pieces there really isn't a production and one of the questions i've asked them is like can you ever watch the play again without seeing all of these disparate roles that need to be there how is that different or how is this different working with thousand islands playhouse from the kind of production that you would typically put on at Canonaque Secondary School? Um, 
It's different and it's not. I know that sounds kind of weird. It's different in that obviously the quality is better. It just has to be because we have the Playhouse resources backing us. Whereas when we do a production here at GSS, I may have people kind of helping out, but again, it's not dedicated class time. It's usually after school. And so then the the commitment level is a bit different than it is for a class and a credit. So as much as I've enjoyed doing musicals here at GSS in the past, and I've actually done some that are GSS ones that we've done at the Playhouse and used their space, it's different just because, again, these kids have been mentored by experts in their field. I am not a set painting expert by any stretch of the imagination. So the fact that they're getting that instruction is fantastic. I should not be allowed power tools. So it's great that they are getting that instruction. Um, where So when we build sets here, I usually have to ask Woodshop very nicely and kindly to build stuff, or my poor husband has volunteered time to do that. Um, so now, no, they're in-house. They get to do it. Uh, my name is Cam Sedgwick, and I am the second carpenter at uh, Thousand Island Playhouse. And for the purposes of the young company, I was the head carpenter of the uh, set that we built for uh, Miss Electricity. I would come in early and make sure that I had the right number of tools set up on different tables and, um, and lists of different projects for them all to work on because uh, as soon as they arrive, it's, it's a real kind of like a hurricane of action and you want to make sure that everyone has a, a tool in hand and they're working on something. And well, and they get to do it, and they also are realizing, use the word mentor, and they use the word yeah. mentor. They're being mentored by real professionals in the professional theater, and it, it strikes me that maybe most students don't know that those people even exist. Oh, well, exactly. Because again, I would say if you're doing your job right, people don't really kind of recognize, right? We go and watch a play or a musical, and the set's great. And we don't think about the you know, 10 people it took to build the set and paint it and all of that. Uh, and so it's great that they now know that those jobs are out there and exist so that if they're into art or they're a fashionista or they're into woodshop, but they might like to do some theater stuff. Here's this whole other career field that is now open to them that they didn't know about before. And I think this is my favorite part about uh, this project and Forgive me if I keep saying that over and over and over again because I have so many favorite parts, but we often talk about careers in the most obvious way that we can talk about careers. So we yeah. talk about the skilled trades and it's like, look out your window and see a house being built. And what we fail to do, I think, in education too often is to say, actually, there are all kinds of people on a daily basis who are going and constructing things and building things and fabricating things in all kinds of different fields. And in the case of your project with Thousand Islands Playhouse, we saw that in all kinds of different fields in the umbrella of theater. I liken it to, and, and everybody's like, so then what do you do? And I'm like, well, I am sort of like a co-op teacher at this point, right? Except for all of my students are going to the same location. They get different job experience, but they're at the same location. And so I'm just sort of supervising, facilitating and monitoring that, which is sort of exciting. It's a little scary, I'm a control freak. So to not have control is a bit bizarre, but to see them exploring those areas and succeeding in those areas is also really, really awesome. And you had a whole bunch of students 
again, it strikes me that you've had a whole bunch of students who are not necessarily, um, you know, if we're playing with stereotypes in Miss Electricity, then the stereotype in a high school would be like the drama kids. Yeah, we sort of broke down the stereotypes. And, and what was cool to see is going into the process, I know what students have taken drama and I'm like, oh, okay, they might be, they might be the actors. And that was true in some cases, but not all cases. And the fact that when they got to select which area they went into, some of them were surprises, which was great. Like there were a few that I'm like, oh, you chose wardrobe. That, I did not see that coming. Although that said, I think Jane bribed them with hot chocolate. My name is Jane Christopher, and I am head of wardrobe at the Playhouse. The students learnt an amazing amount. They were fantastic. I was so impressed, you know, and it was interesting because some of them at first, when they came in, they sort of stood back, and you could tell they were thinking, oh, yeah, this is not for me. And But then, you know, they kind of warmed up and, and some of them that I didn't think would be interested in wardrobe were interested. But the fact that, yeah, the, the ones that wanted acting or wanted props or wanted carpentry weren't necessarily the ones on the outset that probably would have chosen that is sort of cool because that means then those workshops sort of did their job to let them explore and maybe change their minds. So let's talk about one of those surprises. Kieran has told us the story of how he came to be uh, the originator of the original music for the play. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us that story? Sure. Uh, well, Kieran's in my music class, so I have him twice a day. And he often, at the end of class, noodles around on the piano. And I asked him the one day he was playing some stuff, and I said, well, would, do you want to use some of the music because Brett had mentioned like, well, maybe we can get the band kids to do something or and I'm like, well, let's see what happens. And so it was actually on a snow day where Kieran came in and I'm like, great, you're here. Let's record some tracks. And I said, if you don't mind me playing around with them and kind of producing it for the show, I said, we can use it in the show. And of course he was ecstatic. So there was something he had been working on um, with his, his private teacher. And so he played it a couple of times and we, we played around with different sounds too. So like in the opening, there's like the kind of the popcorn-y noise. Because um, I wanted it to have more electronic feel. So yeah, so he came in on a snow day and we, we laid down some tracks and then I just produced it a little bit just so it would fit more with the show. Um, but yeah, so he, that was all, that was all him. So I'm wondering if you have other stories about students who they almost got seen for the first time by virtue of this project. And, I, and I'm just thinking about the way that they've described themselves. And just as you're thinking about that, what I would the, sort of what I would point to is this idea that they all felt like their um, role in the production was a performance. And so on opening night, their work is as much a performance as the actor's performance on the stage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So again, you look at someone like uh, Isabella, who is doing the lighting. So there's a performance in and of itself during the performance, getting all those light cues. But she was also on props. So the really ridiculously big boom box is her creation. And she is so proud of that. that that's her baby. And so when it comes on stage, 
that's sort of also her performance, right? Like here's this prop that she built and she could point to and go, that's mine. I did that. That's amazing. Uh, and so I would say with all of the kids, there's that moment of, yeah, like, okay, that whole set piece, that was me. Or the kids who painted, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I did those details and look at the flooring. The flooring is all mine. I did that spackling. Um, and so all of those things that come in during the production are, are part of the performance and are the performance. So can you talk a little bit about the mentors uh, from the Thousand Islands Playhouse? Because they're your community partners. Yes. And it would be easy to to say like, yeah, yeah, we worked with the Thousand Islands Playhouse. But in fact, you worked with oh, there dozens was, of people. There were mentors in each of those fields. So I think I already mentioned Jane. Jane Christopher is has been at the Playhouse for, I think, 30 years. She's their wardrobe costume person. And so my students worked with her in that area. They learned how to operate sewing machines. Uh, we had Tilly in paint, we had Cam on carpentry, we had Joe in props. So the other wonderful thing, again, I'm limited as a drama teacher or a musical theater teacher where I have to supervise all of them despite them maybe doing all of those different things. With the Playhouse and this cooperation, those mentors then become the supervisors so that I don't have to be everywhere all at once. I can hover, but I know that they're being taken care of and they're being taken care of by people who are experts in their fields, which is cool. My name is Joe Laxton and I was a carpenter here for quite a few years, but uh, now I'm uh, head of props. And they were phenomenal. My, my three props people, uh, they would come up with things, you know, they, they had ideas, they were imaginative, they were inventive, they were creative. And that, that experience of, of being given that opportunity to be creative, and, and that's what these kids have too, is the opportunity of being creative. And it was fun watching them explore and go through that whole process of creativity and enjoying it. My kids were there every day, they were always on time. Sometimes they stayed late. <laughs> so what, like, coming back to, you are a teacher. Yes. This is a course. Yes. <laughs> um, as far removed as it may seem from, like, a regular school experience, what's your work? What are you doing as part of this? Well, like I said, I, I liken it to me being a co-op teacher. I think that's probably the best comparison where... I'm the queen of paperwork. Uh, <laughs> I get to do observational uh, assessment, but then I'm also taking the assessment from the mentors and collaborating that into a mark for the kids. Uh, when, now we're getting into the workshop field, so I'm helping them facilitate workshops for elementary schools. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of joke, I'm right now just doing a lot of paperwork and, and keeping them on track that way, uh, much like a co-op teacher would. One of the things we talk about in real world learning all the time is that there has to be like real world publishing, real world sharing of these products. Yes. And of course, high schools all over Canada will be doing productions around now. It's sort of that season, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'm wondering what's unique from your impression to this production. So what's unique in one sense, is this 
play has been picked for a very specific audience. So it is a, a young theater's production. So it, that it is meant for kindergarten to grade four. A lot of the productions that we see at the high school or even elementary aren't necessarily for that. They're for the parents. They're for the grandparents. They're for their peers. And so this is very much targeted for elementary school, young elementary school, which is sort of cool. Uh, and that's sort of unique to my students because when you change the audience and then you change kind of how you have to act, like they have to act like they're in grade five and, and know that the writing is meant for grade fours, grade threes, grades twos. It's not meant to be high art for, you know, 30 somethings or 40 somethings. So it changes that dynamic a little bit too, which is unique. It strikes me that the other thing that's interesting about this, and some of the students have alluded to this, is you've used the firehouse before. <laughs> fire hall? Firehouse? The fire hall. Um, it used to be the firehouse, hence it being known as the fire hall. To stage productions. I'm, I'm going to guess that these this staging has been different in terms of you have different kinds of audiences coming in. So on Saturday, the audience is not grade one and two and three and four, and yet they're putting on this production. And it felt special, but it looked special to the students in a way that seemed unique. Yeah, we've done, I've done a ton of productions over at, at the fire hall. First of all, they are lovely and they let me use that space for my drama class and productions, uh, any shows that I've done here. And, and, and that said, I've done them in other theaters around town as well. What's different is again, just having the resources. Usually, even when I do stuff at the fire hall, we only get the fire hall for a week. So that includes getting everything loaded in and having a rehearsal and figuring out our tech and all of it. This production is different because they kind of already know the specs of all of that. They have the rehearsal space that is very similar to the space that they're using and they could map things out a little bit better. So again, it's great that I can use that space for my drama class and we can kind of suss things out here in my drama room, but it's, it's a totally different feel knowing already what you have as a resource. I'm Tilly Morgan. I am the head scenic painter at the Thousand Islands Playhouse. Yeah, I think it's it's that we still had fun, even though it was it was work. Like they realized how much work it was, and afterwards they're like, "Oh my god, my arms hurt." I'm like, "There's four of you. There's normally only one of me." <laughs> so I want to ask what's next, but I know what's next. So I want you to talk us through what that next is, which is when the production finishes at the fire hall, the students are then going to feeder schools to do workshops. Other way around. Actually, the, the feeder schools are coming to us. So we have uh, Linklighter, Ties, and potentially St. Joe's uh, coming and doing workshops with my kids. So we just actually talked about it this morning. Okay, get into your groups. What do you think you could have them do in an hour? If you only have them in, for an hour long workshop, what can you do in your area? So that way, the elementary school kids, when they come here as a class, will break them up into the groups, just like my guys were broken up into different groups. And they'll maybe over a day or two circulate through the different workshops, but they'll have an hour. So you have an hour to do a prop. So my guys are thinking like ice cream cones. We'll have them build like little prop ice cream cones. Uh, the lighting crew is, they just found all of my little shadow puppets and lighting gels. So they're like, oh my gosh, this is entertaining us for half an hour. It's clearly going to entertain kids. Um, so what's cool is 
this production, this is the last week of production. Next week we go deep into the workshops. I'm going to have them figure out what materials they need. We're going to actually do the workshop like we're grade five, sixes, time it to see how long it takes so that we have all of that planned. And then after that, yeah, we start having the kids come in for workshops, which is really cool. So they take what they've learned and now they're teaching it to others. I think that's so cool too, right? Because it's, again, not uncommon that high schools will go and share a play with their elementary feeder schools. Yeah. But to actually share this sort of larger lesson yeah. of these are all the things that go into a production. The knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how does this change how you see your role moving forward as a teacher? Um, as someone with control issues... Uh, <laughs> It's been, actually, it's been tricky because I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not involved. I can be involved. Like Brett, the one day was going to be late. So he's like, can you run a part of the rehearsal? Absolutely. Sure. Again, a drama teacher. I can totally do that. Um, some of the choreography that the kids did, that was me. Um, so there are bits and moments where I can participate that way. But again, I'm, I, I like to be kind of hands off and let the mentors do it because they're the experts. I'm not the expert. Going forward, uh, Brett at the Playhouse has mentioned maybe not doing a play, but doing a musical, in which case then the music would fall kind of to me, like getting kids together in a little band and, and doing vocal stuff. So, and that would be very much in my wheelhouse as well. So there, we're looking at it for next year. This again was the first iteration of this. So we know we're guinea pigs. Uh, and so it's sort of seeing what worked, what didn't work and what we can do going forward. And the success of this, uh, first iteration is that you now know that you're doing this going forward. And I'm wondering what you're hoping is going to happen as you do these different iterations going forward. Less snow days. Uh, <laughs> actually, we flipped it. There's one lesson we learned. Second semester, no, it should be first semester. It should be first semester because we like, traditionally have less snow days in first semester. So we have less interruptions because we had a ton of snow days that kind of wiped out almost full day workshops, like the full or the full plethora of workshops. So going first semester is going to hopefully clear that up. And then that changes what you pick as your play because now oh, we could do it before Christmas. So we could do something winter themed uh, and Again, that's sort of cool. We can bring the elementary schools over for that. So again, things we sort of have learned from that. Um, as well, more on the Playhouse side, they've learned, yes, this retains their people, but they're now gearing up for their season. So they, it, when we got into the theater, it was like, all right, you're in. We have to now go back to Herbert Street and start building Baskervilles. So they put a little bit more time pressure on them. Whereas if we're our first semester next year, they're wrapping up their season. So the time pressure is a little less, which would be nice. So things we've learned. Often when you talk to folks who are doing uh, applied subjects, so music and tech and what have you, art, um, they often say, yeah, yeah, we, we have always done real world learning. And I'm going to make the suggestion, maybe provocatively, that that's actually not true all the time, that you can absolutely do application-based courses without actually making it real world at mm -hmm. all. And I'm wondering what's unique about this experience that you would say makes it real world learning, which is obviously a, a priority in our school board, different from maybe what you've done in the past. I would say if I compare and contrast it to even like my drama class, 
again, it's that they, they got to work with people who are experts in their fields and then actually apply it. So it's great that like my music class or my drama class, I can have someone in and, and do a workshop, but then they just do the workshop, right? This, they got to do the workshops and then apply it and then show it off, uh, which I think that sometimes, again, we don't get to do, even though we may facilitate really great workshops in school, that next step isn't there. Thank you very much for doing this. Oh, you're welcome. You've been listening to the Real World Learning Podcast, conversations that tell stories about learning in the Upper Canada District School Board. Our projects direct the attention and intention of student learning to the world and the world towards our students as they work to solve challenges that matter to them. Along the way, we enliven the curriculum and service of projects that have our students reading, writing, and using math, science, and technology in the act of making a contribution in the world beyond school, with community as the classroom. Look for our stories wherever you listen to podcasts, on Facebook, and in communities all over Eastern Ontario.